as much as we may want to have automated tools to help with some of that stuff, it still comes down to people, right? You still got to have people that really want to, that want to do the right thing for the customer. Welcome back to Titans of Customer Engagement, a customer experience podcast from Koros. You are looking for the next step toward creating a connected customer experience. And this is the place to learn from industry peers and leaders how to build a CX strategy with human connection so that you can create customers for life. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. I am Natanya Anderson. I am the VP of Customer Solutions at Koros, and I'm excited today to be hosting the Titans of Customer Engagement podcast with our guest, Damon Welch Abernathy. He is a cybersecurity evangelist at Checkpoint Software. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, I'm happy to be here. So to get this started, I have to say, when we spoke a week or so ago, you said I could call you phone boy. I have questions. Can you tell me why? So 25 years ago, I was a call screener on a radio program about the internet. Now, back then, the internet was something new and exciting, and people didn't know about it. I was a call screener. The host forgot my name. He called me the phone boy, and you know, kind of stuck. So, <laughs> And the rest is history. Oh my God, that is amazing. Okay, I could totally see how that stuck. Well, today I'm really interested to hear about a lot of things because obviously a cybersecurity evangelist is a really cool title and I don't think there are a lot of them out there. Could you start by telling us a little bit about your journey as a professional and how you got to where you are today? It's a long journey. So back when I started, there was not really something called cybersecurity. You just were a guy in IT. And then all of a sudden, the cybersecurity industry sort of grew up around it because people realized that these computers hold useful information and, and people actually want to get that information. And, you know, products and services grew up around that. What I like to say is I've touched a lot of the places that touch customers. So I started on the front lines and support where people are calling and, you know, don't know what they're doing. And, you know, and so I've also been in charge of knowledge bases and writing things for customers to, to consume. It's like, okay, how do I solve this problem that I have? And so there's so you're writing the documentation. I've been involved in training. I've been working on the sales side and now I'm working in the, as an evangelist, it's more of a marketing role, but uh, yeah, and that's, and that my team refers to me as the CEO of the online community, which it, it, because a lot of the things go through me because it's a team, don't get me wrong. But yeah, there's a lot of things I end up touching because there's a lot of moving parts and I'm the one who knows how it all goes together and I keep it running. Nice. That is quite the journey. I, I see or hear a lot of parallels in your journey with what often happens in a community. It starts in a really specific way with this focus on considering supporting the basic support for customers. But over time, it has sort of in its organic evolution that if you're open to it, you you may not be sure where you're going to land. So that's really, I think, interesting for people to understand where they might be today and where they might go in the road in the world of customer experience, which is an ever evolving space. Yeah. And I think you get into doing a community for many reasons and there's, you know, there's a lot of reasons to do it. And I think you have to, you got to be open to the possibilities because yeah, you don't know exactly where it's going to go. I think I had a good idea given that I've been doing it for a while that I kind of knew what was going to happen. And one thing that's important about a community that you can't just set it up and hope people will use it. You actually have to put stuff into it. And, and you know, a lot of the time that I spend in the community is 
answering basic questions, right? You know, and I, I will say that the kinds of products that we have, they're enterprise products. And so it's not the kind of thing that, you know, not like an app on your phone or something like that. I mean, we have a couple of those for the enterprise stuff, but it's, but most of it is, you know, there's the networking and software and configuration and network architecture and that kind of thing. So it's a little more complicated than your, you know, you know than say, yeah, you're, I don't know, like, Amazon customer support or something just to, just to throw a name out there, but there's a lot of moving parts and it's not transactions aren't simple. It's, it is really about relationships, right? Because you're not, if you're going to do B2B business, you, I think you, yeah, you really have to focus on the relationships and it has to be in its multi-prong, right? It's, it starts with, you know, often starts with the, the people that you meet face to face and the, you know, in the, in the sales, you know, in the sales side of things, but there's a lot of people that you touch, right? That aren't necessarily responsible for the relationship. And this is where part of what I do sometimes is when there's problems in the, you know, when you run a community, people are going to inevitably use that and, you know, and ask questions. And sometimes it brings up issues, right? And you have to, and sometimes it's just making sure that the issue is getting dealt with by the right people, right? Sometimes it's a raising awareness internally to the right part of the organization, or sometimes bringing something back to the field to say, hey, the, I don't know if you know this is going on or not, but, and, and can you, can I get some context, right? And so you need to be, I think with all this stuff, you've got to be prepared for anything, right? And that's when you run it, when you run a community, it's, there's really, you don't just set it up and, you know, and hope everything works itself out. You've got to have involvement, not just dedicated people doing it, but other, you got to have other supporting players and they have to be committed to it as well, because if they're not, then you might not, it might not be as successful. So, you know, I'm probably dating myself with this reference, but I always think of community like field of dreams, just because they build it, you build it doesn't mean that they will come necessarily. And, you know, that's what, that's what I hear there. And, you know, as, as you think about what's happening in community today and really customer experience at large, if we want to be just a tad bit provocative, like what's a belief that you think people have about community or about customer experience that you just sort of disagree with, right? That you think that, that you think you might have a different take on. So I think one of the, yeah, I'd say one of our core tenants in the community, and I think people that I, you know, and I think, and I see this misconception, not necessarily within, you know, other communities, but I see it within people that use the community that think that maybe we don't want to hear all the bad stuff, right? Or that we might delete something. And, and I think my take on that is if it's true, if there's a, you know, not, and sometimes things, you know, and I, you know, again, I think there's every situation's a little different, but there's truth there. And if there's an issue, we need to address it, right? I mean, and I think it's so, you know, we've had, and I won't get into the specifics necessarily, but we, you know, there's, there's been a couple issues where we've, we've had to, you know, we've had to have some conversations offline to understand what the, to get, or, or coordinate with multiple people to understand what's going on. And I think you can't be afraid of confrontation. Now you've got to do it the right way, right? So there's a right way to handle the confrontation. But I think when you set up a community, that's one of the things you end up kind of opening yourselves up for is, yeah, you might hear some stuff that you don't want to hear. But sometimes if you want to get better as an organization, as a person, I think that you got to, you have to hear those things and address them as best you can. Oh, absolutely. I think that we've seen sort of across all of our customers and our data that if you want to pretend that it's all happy fun time, your customers will go someplace else to have those conversations. But this opportunity to be receptive and show that you want to grow can create a lot of loyalty. But there's a vulnerability and a need to be brave a little bit as an organization, don't you think, to, to be open to that? Oh, yeah. And I think it's, and yeah, and I think there, that's why I think you have to have buy-in at multiple levels, right? And I think in our case, I think I can, I can safely say that we do have, we have buy-in at the highest levels. And so again, we, and it's very clear when we start, when there are certain issues that come up, there's alignment at, at, at all of those levels, right? About, okay, here's how we should deal with this. And, you know, so, and, 
when issues come through the community, we deal with them and as the as best we can. There's you know sometimes it's it depends on the nature of the issue as to what the what the solution problem is. But you have you have to be willing to address the issues that come up. And yeah, and sometimes it's I think if you're looking at it for it depends on what point of view you look at it. I mean sometimes sometimes you have to come to an understanding. There's not always a happy answer, right? But I think it's important. You know, again, I think one thing you got to realize too is there's real people on the other end of that, right? And it's funny because I will sometimes approach a, like a sales team and I'll say, hey, do you know your customer? Here's, we have this issue, right? And then they provide a bunch of context. I go, oh, okay, now I understand what's going on, right? So it's it's connecting those dots. And that's, you know, and again, having been in many of those, we talk about customer experience, having been in many of those roles, I can sympathize with the tech engineer. I can sympathize with the, I can sympathize with the salespeople. I can sympathize with our R&D. I can sympathize with the product managers. It's, you know, my goal is to try and get information from one place to the next, right? And have it be useful and with the right context. And sometimes I, ha- you know, again, sometimes I have to provide a little bit more or, or summarize it or whatever. But again, it's, if you look at my whole career, that's pretty much what it's been is taking data and, you know, or trying to make sense of data and, you know, and, hel- and helping other people make sense of it and, or, you know, or information and how to, you know, and, and help people out. I mean, it's, it's why we're in this business, I think, and, or you know, any businesses, we, we want we want to help people out. Right. It's, it's all about connection. And it sounds like because you've walked in so many people's shoes, you're able to then also as a customer, but also as, as a member of your team, empathize a little bit with where they're at and use that as a bridge to the work that you need to do. Have you in your past had to help a leader in your organization or other sort of key stakeholders figure out how to feel safe and be okay with the idea that you're creating a forum where your customers will not always be saying the most positive things? And how have you gotten them over that hump so that they could be okay with that as something that your organization's doing? By the time we got to the point to where I was running this, I think we were pretty, again, at, at the highest levels, we've already kind of had that buy-in, right? There are, I think there, you can always say that there's people within the organization that I think there's, again, the, I think you know, we're leading by example in the sense of what we're doing is we're, part of it is, Leading by example, right? It's like I've been out there. I'm, you know, I'm willing to put myself out there, and and I've been wrong on many occasions. It's it's it comes with the territory, right? But it's also corrected. But then I can go back and say, yeah, I screwed up. Here's here's what I did, and you know, so it's. I think it comes down to try to do the right thing for the customer, and I think it just comes down to lead by example and show that it works, and then people see the results, and then they can't really argue with them. No, that makes total sense. And this takes me to something that you said when we spoke last week, this idea of first call, final resolution. It really stuck with me as a philosophy and and a way of being that you seem to have carried with you. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that means and and what it means to you in the, the context of community? So I'll provide a little more context for our listeners here about what we what we talked about. So our motto at you know at Nokia when customers called us was first call final resolution. Now that doesn't mean you get an answer on the first call, right? And it doesn't always mean that, but that we when you come to us, we're going to give you an answer, right? And it's you know so we might have to work through it, and we might have to do you know there's the but the idea being that we're you know we're we're gonna we're gonna handle it, right? And sometimes we were coordinating with uh, you know with Checkpoint back in the day, or maybe other vendors with some of the support issues, and you know we're coordinating with. R and D or whoever, but the idea is that we would get the customer to a point where they got an answer, right? Sometimes the answers are what the customer wants to hear, and sometimes it's not what they want to hear. But you get them some finality, right, to the to the situation. So, what I do in the community is I try to is I realize that I don't scale, so I can't handle everything. But when I see something, I make sure that it's 
getting to the right people in the right way and that that hopefully things get answered and, and uh, yeah so it's a lot of it is just making is it's not not losing that spirit of if somebody posts on the community i want there to be an answer it may not be the you know the the end all be all answer but it's but it's they've at least been heard they've at least been acknowledged right and and i know with the community there's not you know the same slas that when you call say for, say a support center where there's you know there's a defined sla for you know for things right but for in the community i want some people to, to come back here and they i want them to see that people care and that people are people want to to try and help them even if they may not know the exact answer to the question it's there there's a and by the way every answer doesn't have to be perfect right and i think that's where people get people think they have to give the silver bullet answer there's not always a silver bullet answer there's it's just a i like to call it converging on the truth which is a so because there is a bit of a you know because you know when having been a support engineer that a customer will call and ask me a the real problem is B and the solution is, you know, something else, right? So it's a lot of times there's a conversation that has to, it's not a simple question answer format. It's a, okay, let's figure out what they, because because sometimes they, they want to do something, but why they want to do something? What is the business case for what they're trying to do? And maybe the way that they're trying to approach it is wrong, right? So, so okay, if, if your goal is X, maybe you should look at it this way, right? And here are some other things maybe you didn't think about or you didn't know about the product or whatever, or the service, or maybe you should look at this situation a little differently, right? So you know, it's being willing to ask questions, right? And saying, what's the, you know, again, with the products that we have, I think it's a little, there's a lot of technical details that will change the answer, right? If, it, you know, if you do the network one way, then you can't do it this way, and then you have to do this other thing, right? So it's, there's a lot of details, and sometimes it's knowing what the right channel is, right? For example, people posting certain things on the community, I don't ask people to post things on the community that I wouldn't want to post on the community myself, right? Because again, I've been a cu- I've also been a customer, so I know, yeah, people don't want, probably don't want to share IP addresses. And it's like, okay, just take five seconds and, you know, and, and mask out the sensitive data. If you're concerned about it, you should probably do it through the TAC because that's where the, you know, we can we can make sure the data doesn't get, you know, isn't shared with everybody. And, that, and I think there's, so it's, it, but it's knowing, okay, the, this, you do have to have a certain amount of knowledge to know where to take something, right? So you, you, you do have to know your organization fairly well in terms of direction. I happen to be one of those people in Checkpoint that that I do know a lot of people and a lot of people reach out to me. So when I have a problem I don't know the answer to, then I, you know, I can usually figure out who to reach out to pretty quickly. And I think it's, but, you know, again, I help customers with that too, right? And again, it's sometimes it's, you know, it's knowing, you know, having, you know, again, been doing this for a while, I've been been working with Checkpoint for a while. So I know how to, uh, you know, I, I know how to have those conversations with customers and, and do it in a way that lead or that, you know, that gets, again, gets the right people engaged and give, give them the right context so that they can you know, so that, so that we can get the customer to, you know, a happier place or the better, you know, the, the best place they can be given the situation they're in. The best possible outcome, all things considered. One of the things that I'm really curious about is the magic word that you mentioned earlier, scale, right? So I feel like we're in this place today where we're seeking exceptional customer experiences, but there is the truth and the need to do them in some cases at scale. So we can really think about how do we make the most of the expertise that we have and the resources in our organization. And I'm really curious about your thoughts on how you create scale for while still not sacrificing a high quality customer experience. I think at some point there's going to be tools that get involved, right? But I, I don't know that the tools are necessarily helpful yet. And I think in, you know, in the community, I am starting to starting to leverage some of the features that are there a little bit more than I had been. And so the idea being, again, getting people that need to know what's going on so that they can help, right? It's you know dispatching the right resources and you know in the right time so that they can see what's going on. So so for example, we have uh, there are people that manage different parts of our R and D organization that want to know when somebody talks about their different products. 
right? So that they, they can see that feedback and, and maybe act on it and say, oh yeah, we had a, you know, we had an issue. It's been fixed, right? So again, it's kind of what I've been doing is, to, is you know, trying to dispatch the right information to the right people at scale. And I think that, you know, automated tools are going to help with that to a degree, but there still has to be a willingness to act on that information, right? So it's one thing to get that information. It's another thing to say, okay, let me do something about it. And that's, so as much as we may want to have automated tools to help with some of that stuff, it still comes down to people, right? You still got to have people that really want to, that want to do the right thing for the customer and, you know, that feel, I'd say feel empowered to, you know, do that first call final resolution if they need to, right? It's it's because I think, and and that's really what it, it still does come down to people, no matter what tools you throw at it. The tools are going to help you scale, I think, but it's still, you still got to have people behind it. You know, and in this day of automation and artificial intelligence and all of these pieces, I think think we sometimes want to say like, oh, the tech is going to do it all. And I love that you bring us back to this place of in the end, though, it still is about the people and about helping make the most of the people and the people's capability, but it's not technology without people. So I'll bring it to cybersecurity for a second. And so you'll see, of course, artificial intelligence and machine learning involved in cybersecurity. And, you know, we, we've been doing that for a while as well. But I think if you just rely on artificial intelligence and machine learning, first of all, it takes a while before that stuff becomes really good, right? You have to have a lot of data and you have to have, a, and you, have to, you have to feed it the right data and feed it the right conclusions. And then it, eventually it starts doing that. And we've, you know, we've used that in our products to actually, you know, to improve catch rates and that kind of thing. But we don't rely hundred percent on, you know, an artificial intelligence. Now you need that for scale. No, no question, right? The, 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 you know, I'm sure you've been hearing about the, the threats in the industry They're They're making the news like, you know, left, right, and center. And, and so the number of threats have you know have gone up right as we've as we've become more connected the threats have you know increased right along with that but and yes you can employ technology and you can employ artificial intelligence machine learning and all of those things to assist but you still got to have people behind it that understand the business context and the and and also sees things because there's things that you know there's things that the machine learning might might see that we may not be able to see but there's also things we see that they that it can't see yet or that doesn't know how to do right so so like as a company we definitely have people doing the artificial intelligence machine learning data science stuff but we also have you know the more traditional malware researchers that are you know that are looking at things and, and doing research right and you know and understanding where the threat landscape is and so and again you can take that to any part of the business. Yeah, it can be helped with the technology, no question. But if you don't have the people behind it and you don't, because so, you know, so yeah, the, the, the technology will help you scale, but you still have to have people behind it for it to be effective. And I think the best customer experience is a human one, right? If you think about what all the, you know, I don't know, there's like the chat bots and that kind of thing, right, that are out there. They spend a lot of time trying to get them to, to seem like you're talking to a human. So we fundamentally want to interact with humans, right? We, we want to have conversations. We want to do things. And, and so we can't forget that, right? As we're trying to scale, that that, that human touch is so important. And, and that's, you know, and ultimately that matters a lot. Absolutely. And I think you really sort of brought a fine point to it, which is we are all ultimately still seeking the human experience. And one of the things to me that most of the time is most interesting about being human is that I'm able to learn from my mistakes, Right. And I'm able to take things in and decide how could I have done that differently or what might be a different approach next time. And so I wonder if you would be willing to share with us some experience that you've had that maybe didn't go as well or the way that you wanted, but that you really learned from and that helped you bring a new way of thinking to to your work. Without, I can't get into specifics on some of these things, but there's, I have on many occasions put my foot in my mouth in front of customers. The more you talk to customers, the possibility of that happens. And so, you know, but I also know enough to, 
to get that to try and get that feedback from people. So if I'm usually I'm not the person leading the the, the conversation in a you know in, when I'm in a sales context I'm brought in as a you know as an auxiliary resource and so I'm always mindful of the fact that this is yeah this is my customer but it's not my customer I don't own the relationship so the last thing I want to do is make somebody's job harder but yeah that means having some conversations beforehand right and understanding okay what's the what's your goal here and make sure there's a game plan and that, that I'm not and so it's sometimes it's you know that, that pre meeting is actually really important right so sometimes it's, so it's having it's having a game plan right it's knowing okay when we go in and we're going to spend you know a day or two in front of this customer what are we going to do what's our plan and yeah not everything ever goes to plan right and by the way no plan is perfect either right so don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good and so on right so you have a plan at least going into it and then you realize you might have to adjust it because circumstances change right so it's so you, you do have to you, you do have to be flexible but and i think it's so that's the yeah that's probably the other thing i learned too right is yeah so you know have a plan but be flexible <laughs> Absolutely. And so speaking of flexibility, has there been something you've tried recently inside the community or just your organization or your team where you were surprised by the outcome, right? Maybe it, it went, it's so much better than you expected or just differently than you expected. Sometimes I make changes to the community and I'll do that, you know, not, you know, again, trying to improve the customer experience. And it's, it, it is, a, you know, so there's, and I think with anything, right. And, and this is whether you're doing social media, whether you're doing whatever is that you can't be afraid to try new things because there is a fine line, obviously you can't do, you know, there's the, so you kind of have to know where that is, but it's, but in general, like I, I'm, I'm willing to take a risk on something and see what happens. And, you know, it's like, I'll, you know, I might advertise something a certain way, or I might use a, I might do, you know, do something a little bit differently and see what happens. And sometimes it's well received, and sometimes it's not, right? But the point is, is that you take th that you learn from your mistakes, right? Because that's the because the worst thing you could do is do something and realize, okay, maybe that's not the right way to do it. So, you know, again, there's been some stuff on the community where I've had to kind of roll it back a little bit because it wasn't doing what I what we expected. You know, again, it's but you're always having to iterate, right? There's no so you're, you're never going to have the most per the most perfect plan. You need to have an idea, but you know, you don't necessarily need to have it all you know thought out, I guess, as well as you think. But you need to have a direction and go with it, but be flexible and, and realize that things might change and you might see something and go, oh, that actually works really well. Like I'm seeing this with, because uh, we're starting to use labels in the community, for, for example, right? And so that, that's a, and some of that I left open and I said, hmm, let's see what actually, you know, and I, and I, because I left some of the permissions open or whatever. And then I went and, and I went and looked at it and went, hmm, maybe they picked some good labels. You know, maybe I should adopt those. I <laughs> think, you know, maybe I should start using these. So it's, I just, you know, sometimes a happy mistake turns into, oh, that's actually pretty good, right? So it's like, if you, if you make a mistake, it may not be, you know, again, there, there are certain kinds of mistakes you shouldn't make, but there are, one, you know, there are ones that are safer than others. And so, yeah, when we, you know, sometimes rolling things out in the community with the, you know, code changes or whatever, there's, there's sometimes, some, sometimes happy accidents and sometimes maybe not so happy accidents. But again, you live and you learn, you figure out what you can, you know, again, every organization has its boundaries and you kind of have to figure out where they're at, I guess. But yeah, you always be, always be trying something new, right? Don't, don't do it the same way and expect, I mean, I guess I can give you an example of sometimes I, I triggered an email, you know, like a, we're doing virtual events, like a lot of companies are right now. And so I triggered an email accidentally at the wrong time, right? I, I, I meant to set, schedule it for, you know, a week out or something. And I sent it then and I went, well, that's too late. <laughs> you know, it's like, but, but at the same time, I went and looked at the, I went and looked at it and went, hmm, okay, well, that actually got some results. All right. So let me, I'll go schedule, I'll do another email for, you know, closer to the time, to the event time. And sure enough, it, you know, okay, brought in a few more people. So, okay. So yeah, sometimes when you make a mistake, it's, yeah. And, and sometimes it's when you trigger a, an email that went out to 40,000 people and, and it, uh, it had a typo in it that you, that you just kind of cringe, but. But at least it sounds like you're open, like you're you're okay with the fact that it's like, all right, you know, what's the how important is it, I suppose, in the grand scheme? 
Yeah, exactly. You have to have some perspective, right? And that's, yeah, I mean, there's, okay, I could have, it could have been way worse, right? And, you know, sometimes you do have to resend that email and you don't really want to, but it's, but yeah, that does happen from time to time. There's when, yeah, when you're, when you're doing mailings, it's a, there's always that bug and, you know, there's always that risk of something, if you accidentally hitting the wrong button and going, oh no. I mean, I, I guess that's the price we pay for having the human part of a customer experience is that people are not perfect. And I think in the end, we'll probably take that as a trade-off in order to have the human part. I wonder, as you think about what people are doing in customer experience and journeys and communities, what do you think either a tool or a resource or just a, a philosophy or a channel, what do you think people could be taking more advantage of that they're not doing today to engage with their customers? I think it's, as a starting point, it's good to know what's out there that maybe if you, if, so if you haven't started a community, for example, right, and you want to start one, well, let's look at where people are congregating already, right? Because, and, and it may be that depending on the, depending on the type of product that you have, you may not be able to have more than one active community, right? And that was the case for us. Uh, we, we, there, as I say, there was a separate independent community at some point that was active mainly because we didn't have, or, you know, we really didn't have one. And then once we started uh, investing in it and, and committing resources to it, then that became the community, right? But understand where your customers are talking about you. I will say, for example, trying to find places that talk about Checkpoint because of the name, it's not the, yeah, actually one of the first challenges I had way back in the day was I was trying to figure out, I was trying to do Twitter searches on Checkpoint and and I couldn't do it because think about all of the different names there's a company called Checkpoint that without a space between them and that they do something else that's not necessarily related to what we do. And then there's, yeah, and anyway, there, so there's, so yeah, but there, so you talk about checkpoints as in, you know, I don't know, like a DUI checkpoint or a, you know, or DMZ checkpoint or whatever, you know, so the, you know, in military sense, right? So yeah, so trying to find, so yeah, sorting through that was a little bit of a challenge, right? So there's that, but there is, but you know, again, you just kind of have to see where people are already congregating and, you know, you, and, and you have to realize also you can't be everywhere, right? That's a, so that's, you know, you need to be open to the options, but you can't be everywhere. And so you have to, you have to kind of figure out where you're going to focus. Is it going to be, do you want it to be on a, you know, somebody else's site? Do you want it to be on your site? And do you want to commit the resources? And and, and so for something like a community, there has to really be a commitment to do it. If you're not willing to do it, then you should be monitoring what you're, you know, what, what what people are saying about you at least, and and, and at least participate in the conversation. I think it's, to me, that's the the most important thing is that you can't, even on your own community site, there's, uh, you want to be participating in the conversation, you can't really control it. I guess you can, but then it's not very customer friendly, right? So it's, you know, I think you got to be, you can guide the conversation, but again, you have to be open to the, having that conversation and you have to be open to the possibilities and realize that, yeah, especially on these other sites, you have less control over what, you know, what people are saying than you think, and, but you want to try and, again, you want to do, you want to do your best to help them, right? If you're going to, if you're going to participate, it's, you have to commit and you have to be willing to, you have to be willing to take it on. It can be a full-time job for sure. Absolutely. And you know, as, as you were talking about going through Twitter searches for Checkpoint and seeing where people were, I used to complain a lot about how hard it was to do that for Whole Foods. But I have now decided that I had it so much easier than you did um, trying to find the name of your company out in the, the vast conversation out there in cyberspace. So, you know, I'm really interested, I'm sure that over the years, given given how much time you spent engaging with customers, what is the best piece of customer engagement advice you've ever received that you want to share it, or conversely, the absolute worst piece of advice that you would want to warn us away from? I remember, we, I think we talked about this previously, but the, the, uh, I'll mention the, I will say, maybe not my favorite boss in the world that I had. He said, a customer service organization is a lightning run. 
right? Which means all the good and bad is going to come through it. And again, you're kind of in that redirection and getting people, you know, you know, getting things grounded, you know, getting things sorted out. And, that, and so, you know, I've, I've remembered that, right? And so any place where you're interacting with customers, it is a customer service channel, right? So no matter what, there's going to be good and bad. You do have to address certain things in, in those environments. And, you know, again, it's making sure that the right people are involved and, and the right people, you know, getting it to the right people to have those conversations. But that's why I said there, any, anytime you're dealing with customers, it could be getting you know, good or bad. You have to be ready for anything, right? And, and as I said before, you don't want to be too afraid to make mistakes, right? But you got to own up to them and you got to and you got to try to make it right. And when I think about this idea of it's always going to be a customer service channel, and I know sometimes that's not the real truth that people want to hear. But I think it's something that we see pretty constantly, regardless of whether we're in communities or social or any of those other places. So I'm glad to hear you articulate that because that's a truth that I know I know I experienced when I was was brand side and I've seen a lot of our customers experience. And so I, I think it's just to your point, like, let's just be ready for it. Yeah. And no matter what. Right. And because I've yeah, because I've done our social media channels and and I and I know those and I've seen that firsthand. Right. It's and you know, and I was also kind of doing that, you know, when I wasn't part of Checkpoint. I've seen it on all sides. So, yeah, I just know it's going to come and yeah, be ready for anything. Yeah. And and don't and, you know, the other thing, too, is don't be afraid to reach out. Right. It's it's you know, it's it, sometimes the, the six most powerful words are I don't know. I'll find out because I know they want to look like they know all the answers. Well, the reality is that the older I get, the more I realize that I, the, the less I know about anything. <laughs> but you know, my goal is to at least understand what I don't know, right? And then learn more things. But but yeah, I think it, and that's so yeah. Sometimes the answer is I don't know. I'll find out. It's the answer you can give, and you then but you have to, and then you got to be willing to go find out the answer, right? Sometimes it's that's where some work's done. But and unfortunately, that I don't think that that AI is going to solve that problem, you know, right away, right? AI is good for solving problems that we know about or we kind of already know about, right? The unknown. Problem problems or, you know, take a little more work, I guess. There's so many like quotable bits from all of this. I'm so glad that I get to go listen to the transcript and write them all down. As we start to sort of wind down, a couple last questions for you. If you were going to recommend to our listeners when they're, when they're done with this podcast, one thing they could start to do right now to start to create better customer experiences, like what's the one thing you would say when you're done, turn off your phone, turn off your computer, go do X. What is X? What is X? I would say just get started, right? You know, and I think I can't dictate for every business or every customer what's what's that one thing to do, right? Because I think there's I think there's a lot of things to do, but I think be be ready to listen, right? And that's because because it starts with that and understand and, and trying to really understand what the you know the, the what the customers are saying, and then you can figure out then you know then you can figure out okay what can we do about it? And but you have to be open to that and and open to those yeah. So I guess yeah, if I if I say one thing everybody can do is, is listen, but yeah, and and you might you might hear some things that are uncomfortable, but you need to really you really need to listen, you know, and then it will become clear what to do. Right. Because they'll because customers will tell you what they need. They most surely will. Even if you don't want to hear it, they will tell you. And I guess my last question for you, because there's been so much today that's that I've learned a ton and I so appreciate you being here today. Where can our listeners follow your content? Oh, boy. Well, I spend most of my time on our community site. So community.checkpoint.com. And you'll find and that's where you will find the stuff that I'm doing there. We have a podcast called Checkmates Go. And I've interviewed customers. I interview people from our R&D and other parts of the you know, other parts of the organization. And we talk about cybersecurity topics. I also do some stuff on I'm by myself on uh, phoneboy.com. And that's, you know, and, and you can find me on social media and all, you know, all the usual places that's one of the big things I heard from you today is you've done a lot of things and you haven't done them alone and you've learned along the way. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And we will see you or listen to you or hear you next time on the next edition of the podcast. Thanks for spending time with us today on Titans of Customer Engagement, a customer experience podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, leave us a review, and spread the word. Your feedback means a lot to us. Continue the conversation on Koros Atlas at community.koros.com. Until next time. The CX world is now digital first. It's what customers expect and Koros can help. Koros is an award-winning customer engagement platform built to turn those siloed interactions with your customer into enterprise value. You can harness the power of human connection across the customer experience. From outbound marketing, social, messaging, chat, and SMS to owned and digital communities. Customer engagement means staying always connected. Find out how customer-first software and services can make you a titan of customer engagement at Koros.com.